Hey, what's happening, everybody? If uh, you're listening to me speak right now, then you are listening to the non-member feed on Spotify. And if you want to listen to the whole podcast in its entirety, just go on over to healthtavernrgv.com, become a member, and you have access to the full podcast, as well as the video cast as well. So, um, yeah, just go on over to healthtavernrgv.com and get access to the entire show. Now, just a little bit of housekeeping before I um, get to the interview or the podcast. Um, it's come to my attention that my first guest, Raul Cruz, is a bit of a controversial figure. Allegations of uh, past, you know, abuse with family members and, you know, corruption and Yada, yada, yada. Now, I should say that neither of that is really... Um, it's not related to the podcast in any way. We don't go into any personal issues like that. Raul Cruz caught my attention because he was on the Paul Santello YouTube channel. It's a huge channel, and... It intrigued me because he was guiding Paul Santello across the entire border during what has been labeled as, you know, one of the biggest border crises that we've seen in a while. And so I reached out to Raul because I was impressed by the access that he had all along the border. And so in that vein, I am unapologetic about having him on the podcast because, like I said, um, this has nothing to do with his personal life or anything to that effect. But people have been saying that I shouldn't be giving him a platform. Well, you don't have to listen. And again, if, I mean, just imagine, you know, uh, not giving somebody a platform, um, you know, because of past allegations, you know, and maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But again, it has really nothing to do with why I had him on. And so I don't subscribe to the whole, you know, you should not platform people who are bad or what have you. You know, when, whenever anything political that we disagree came up, I challenged him. And, you know, this was merely a political conversation. So, again, um, I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be told who I can't and can have on. That's just not the way we operate here at Health Tower and RGV. It's never been and it never will be. Um, so I felt like I had to address that. I didn't want to, but, you know, it became an issue because there was a little bit of controversy upon releasing the promotionals for the show. So anyway... We get into quite a bit here. We talk about the border crisis, the perceived border crisis, whether it's Biden's fault, what Trump did right, wrong, what Biden's doing right, and what he's doing wrong. We talk about um, the history of our CIA in destabilizing um, South America, Guatemala, Nicaragua, and all these places. There's a piece here where I am talking about Guatemala, but 
I say Nicaragua instead. So every time you hear me say Nicaragua, it's really Guatemala. And we talk about MS-13, the, um, the, the gang that's known as a gang from El Salvador, but really they originated in America. MS-13 is an American gang that we exported back to, to Guatemala and these other, these other regions. And we talk about local candidates who are Republican running for, for congressional seats, whether they're good or bad. We give our opinions on um, everything from um, lexical politics, you know, corruption, access to the border, and it's a really interesting podcast. Um, the one thing that I will that I do kind of regret is that the audio is a little bit shoddy on my end, and that's something that. I am working on, and by the next episode, I will have fixed. So again, thank you for tuning in, and I give you Raul Cruz. Raul Cruz, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. This month's COVID. <laughs> All right, so the reason why I wanted to have you on, specifically right now, is because everybody keeps talking about crisis. Right, there's a crisis at the border. Yes. To the average South Texan, like myself, and others that I talk to, we don't really, you don't see a crisis. Um, we don't know if it's the politics talking, you know, it's a crisis. Trump was in office, it was a crisis, and the Democrats still went up to make it seem like a crisis. Now it's Biden, and now it's in reverse. What's the truth? Like, well, like, like, before we you, you get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Raul Cruz, as you just said. I'm from Mission, Texas. I work in the private sector as far as security and other stuff. Um, back to what you're saying, if the normal person does not know what's going on, and that's you experience it firsthand. I kept seeing something on the news and said, you know what, yeah, that's BS, like everybody else might say. But you know what, seeing it firsthand myself, where you had a, a line of people, anywhere between 50 and 100 people in a line, 15, 20 at a time, hopping on rafts, coming across, and then the rafts going back and forth, back and forth. And like that, you don't see it, 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 you won't believe it. Like that, but me experiencing it and bringing other people out there to, 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 to bring life to this problem, it, like it's, it's an eye-opener for everybody. Even these reporters that have, that came from uh, New York or Washington or Florida, even then, when they would saw they're like, wow, it's just, non-stop in some areas what's okay so so you you really have to be on the front lines to to be able to see the difference well, it, 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 it's just a huge eye-opener because you would not believe it you say oh, 100 people on a line ready to cross the river for example in rafts and non-stop two rafts at a time going back and forth one reaches the u.s side the other one starts taking off from mexico to the u.s and that one goes back just in rotation and stuff. So, like I said, you would never believe it unless you actually saw it yourself. So, in your opinion, what's what's changed since Trump left office and coming into the Biden administration? Because there, there were there were crises like these caravans yes. under Trump, right? What's what's the difference? Quite simple. Basically, the Biden administration when Biden was running, he said, "You know what?" He basically opened the door for everybody to come over. 
Well, actually, Otians, other than Mexicans. You have people from South America that, that, that rushed to the border because they had a 100-day non-deportation policy in place. That 100 days has expired. People are still coming across. So I understand what the, administration, the new administration was trying to do. Great. You wanna, you're the new president. You want to overturn the other president's dealings? Great. At least have a plan. Know what you're going to do. If you're going to, I said, stop what he did before the other president. Have a plan. Say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to open our borders for X amount of time. But you know what? How do you control what's going on? Because they, they started breaking their own rules or laws or bending them and, and everything else in between. Because once they, these people cross, they had so many people being detained before they would release them. In a, that three-day process, where, which they do their background checks and they give them walking papers, and what which I mean, what I mean by walking papers is papers saying they can be anywhere in the United States, waiting for the court date, right. and then they give them their bus tickets and everything. So they, to speed up that process, they started delaying the background checks and stuff, and just pushing everything through. So now we don't know who we're actually getting into this country. Actually, there is no proper background checks done. And that's the whole purpose of having laws, and, and that way we can know who comes into this country. Yeah, and we, you know, I should have I should have mentioned this in the very beginning. The uh, the reason why well, you came into my radar, right? It was both through the Peter Santello podcast, right? For those of you who don't know, you got you got to check this out because they were there was one podcast that took. I think it might have been the second one, separated into five different episodes. Yes, yeah, five episodes. Well, you guys were like on the river, right? Okay. You guys were on the river, and. Uh, I, I could kind of tell that Peter was trying to stay away from the politics talk, you know what I mean? Uh, you and the boat driver were, were, were trying to engage him, but there was a scene where there was two kids, I believe it was two kids, and they were looking at you guys. And I, I don't know if it was you or the one who was driving, he basically said those are watchers. Yeah, spotters. Right? Spotters. Yeah. And that, that's just, it's common, right? They, they, use, they use kids to pretend like they're that they're playing but just, yeah. they're really they're just relaying messages back to families right Correct. or cartels yes yes and then when it's clear but then they go on with their business yes right and so i mean it, it opened up my eyes a lot to what was actually actually happening if if you're not actually on the border it's easy just to say oh, crisis is you know, yeah, you know, I agree. It's politics. You know, they're they're driving each other crazy again. And like you said, it's been going on forever. It's been going on, but there's there's little things here and there. That, like I said, that's the reason why we have so many people now is because they said, "Hey, come this way. We're going to stop our catch and release program for OTMs other than Mexicans. So if you're Mexican, they catch you, they throw you right back to Mexico. If you're from everywhere else, like they'll they'll keep you. They do a three day process, and then they ship you off anywhere in the country." Whether it's by plane or bus or however they're doing it now, I've uh, I've heard that other than Mexican, why why is the policy like that? Or why is it that if you're from these other countries, do you get you get a certain kind of treatment? I have no idea. I wish I knew that. I also think, well, well, that's racist towards us because Mexicans they cross this way, well, they get thrown back. Maybe it's due to money. It doesn't cost anything to to walk across the bridge. Right. And it does to fly you back to Honduras or where they're from. That's the only thing I can think of, but I'm not makes sure on that. Makes sense. I mean, I don't know how, how familiar you are with, with like the actual, like our history, like United States history and what we've done in Guatemala and El Salvador 
Yeah. And the involvement of our, our CIA and things like that. Oh, yeah. That it gets... You see, here's, here's where I... An issue, right? Because the... I've always been a Republican, right? And I've always been... I've always said the same thing. You know, you've got to be strong on the borders. You've got to build a border wall. That's why, why should we build a border wall? I mean, well, the border patrol say they need it. Right. It's just another tool to help them out, right. whether drones, ATV, horses. It's just something else to help them out so they can be able to do their job. Right, exactly. It's like, I mean, the people on the front line say they need it, right? Like, who am I to say they're, that they don't know what they're talking about? It's like when they adopt a suggest the procedure, like, they, you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So, always thought that was, that was a given, right? We need, we need strong borders. We need to be able to know, or at least control the amount of immigration. Yeah. Because we need immigration. You know, so it, it just ideologically, I've always, I've always felt that way. Now, I don't know because of the politics of it. How bad? It's okay. Like this, I guess I should refer. COVID happened in twenty twenty, right? So everything, everything completely stopped. Yes. Everything stopped. And so here we are in, in 2021, at the surge of, of migration. But there's a season for, for caravans, there's a season yes. for, for migration, right? Like every year there's a certain time summer, yeah. right? It picks up and people go on these, on these. What's the, how, the numbers? What's the difference in numbers between what's happening this year compared to like, let's say in 2019? I think our numbers have tripled this year compared to last year's. Don't quote me. I've seen them here and there, but I don't know the actual numbers. And what do you think is the reason why it's more now? Is it because they see Biden as less? Well, I think when he was campaigning, he had campaigned about open borders and stuff like that. And once he got into office, I said he did put a hold on the deportation. So it, the, the flow is today, you know what? Let me go. But, but he didn't really campaign on open borders? What, what, what does that even mean? Uh, one of his, uh, well, one of his, uh, he, he be debates. One it, of the debates he had mentioned it. I'll get into it. I, I can't. Yeah, I, 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 if I, if he did say that, he, he wouldn't be president. Because even even Democrats don't don't want open borders. You know, there's there's a there's a, a extreme portion of the Democratic Party that talks that way. As far as like the main state was Democrat, who who. Who would want? Who would vote for somebody that wants to vote? Even Bernie Sanders said that that we, that we need to have borders. Uh, I haven't paid attention too much to TV, but there is a clip there that I've seen enough to do. One of the debates where where he did say that, I said he opened up the borders. So, yeah. so he, he said he would open up the borders if he would become president. So like that, that's why that flux came, and that's why when he did become president, he put that hundred day policy saying, "Hey, open borders, basically." What he was saying. There, there was, there was one thing that I saw. There was a, there was an interview done with with somebody who was, caravans, and they did ask him well, why are they traveling and what they thought about President Trump. I don't know. And they did say that they felt Biden was, would be more receptive, receptive to them. So obviously they they felt. Yeah, but what Trump did basically put the with the hold them in Mexico policy reinstated that plus. Uh, when they tried flying everybody back to Guatemala and other countries, they blocked the runways. So our immigration or whoever flies them back to those to their countries wasn't able to land or anything. 
So basically, Trump pulled away their their funding that they would send those countries. Right. And when they called, the presidents called Trump saying, "Hey, why did you stop our our funding? Because you wouldn't receive our planes when we were sending back MS-13 and everybody else." Well, after that, they went ahead and said, "Hey, never mind, bring us back our people." Because Trump re- reinstated their their funds that they were getting. Yeah, that's been why they went ahead and, and folded their hands to Trump because money talks. Money always talks. I'm glad that you that you mentioned MS MS-13. Um, that that was what I was my original point was earlier. Um, did you know that MS-13 gang started in LA? No. It's well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so, MS-13, Marata La Pucha, and there's another one. Uh, well, like you mentioned, you had, you had, uh, Loco Tres, uh, the 13 different logos for the, the, the 13 here in the Valley, so. Right. See, but I, I don't think, like, the, the average, the average American knows, like, so they, so they say, we see MS-13, mm-hmm. Trump would say, like, these are bad hombres, yeah. you know, they're gang members and this and that. But like when I was mentioning earlier about like the history of uh, of our involvement in, in these other areas, it was in Nicaragua. Alcoba Ardennes had just become the president, elected by the people. It was a democratic election. And he had promised his people, because at that time, the United Fruit Company, they owned over, I think, 50 million acres. I think I got the number. It sounds like but I think I got the number. Of plantation. For their bananas, okay. So through the term yeah. banana republic, also. and he, Hakoa, had promised his people that he was going to buy that land back and give it to his people, right? Okay. And kind of distribute it among his people because the United Fruit Company basically owned owned, yeah. owned the country. Our the United States Corporation owned owned the country, and their previous ruler had given the United Fruit Company full full um, full range to basically whatever they wanted okay. in their country, and so. They employed a whole bunch of, of Nicaraguans. I mean, they were yeah. they, they were they were getting paid anything, yeah. right? So this guy gets elected, popular mandate, and he basically bought their land, whether they liked it or not. He bought it. He bought their land, and he paid them what they said the land was worth on their tax on their taxes. Okay, which was which you know, they devalued it. You know, we yeah. know the way they do, which wasn't much. Right? So they didn't like that. Right? So over here in the U.S., the president was. Uh, Eisenhower and his Secretary of State John Dulles and um, his brother, who was the head of the CIA, Alan Dulles. They used to be they used to work as lawyers for the United Fruit Company. Okay. So United Fruit Company went to them and said, "We need to do something about yeah. it." You know. So they sold Eisenhower that that they could they could overturn the election, right? So basically, long story short, is they worked in a coup in Nicaragua. They got their duly elected president kicked out. Uh, a CIA coup and they instilled one of our dictators, Luis Castillo. Yeah, okay. They instilled a, a dictator from there, but he was going to basically give their land back yeah. to the United Fruit Company. Okay, so this destabilized the region completely. It, it fell into a civil war, right? So, of right. course, refugees came in and, yeah, and, and, and they came this way, right? And so, around this time, we're talking now, we're talking, you know, 60s, 70s. We accepted the refugees and a lot of them went to the LA area, right? Okay. During the 80s, there was a huge, huge gang yeah. gang problem, right? Mexican gangs, Arabs, floods. So, as these refugees from Guatemala were, were trying to to make ends meet, right? Parents 
both mom and dad were working, their kids who were who came in as toddlers were, were left to the streets, right? So now they're competing with, with other gang members, right? They, they get into smoking. And the funny thing about these guys is that they really like heavy metal, right? So so the tattoo that you see, the, the whole yeah, tattoo, the Judas Priest, it's a Judas Priest album. Oh, yeah, so, so it's, it's a crazy aside, right? But as they grew in numbers, the Mexican gangs felt like they were a threat. So the Mexican gangs united to try to, to take them out. But in that time, they were the uh, in California was trying to get rid of the gangs, right? They were they yeah. were pushing they pushing to get rid of them, which left the the MS thirteen, which were barely grown, which let them get get more power, right? Okay. And why as they got more power, the ninety six bill the ninety six crime bill passes, which made it okay. For petty theft or you know yeah. DWIs, to, 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 they were just doing to, to, to get rid of these guys, right? So they were radicalized in America, right? They became gang members in America, but we saw the problem, and some were, some even became legalized citizens, right? But because we didn't want the problem, both Democrat and Republicans, you know, this motherfuckers back to the Nicaragua, right? We shook them out by the thousands, back to their back to their home state, yeah. right? This, in '92, the Civil War had just come to an end in in, in Nicaragua. So now there's a resemblance of peace happening in the area, right? Okay. And now we're sending back these these gangsters, right? Who who are starting to get a match in their culture, right? And they start, you know, radicalizing kids. And then this problem just grows, right? I think in '96 we deported maybe like, don't quote me on this, but maybe I'll like three or four thousand okay. uh, gangsters. By 2013, Barack Obama had deported a hundred thousand. Yeah. Of these, I mean, so you know, we're we're state, we're we're sending these criminals back, sending we're sending them back, and we're destabilizing these these areas, right? Their culture, and suddenly the people don't want to live there, and they're they're coming over here with those right? I think a lot of people, I think to get down to like the root of the problem of immigration, we really have to come to terms with our our involvement. You know, I think, and this is just my opinion, because. Or like we might, we might disagree on this. I think the issue with, with Donald Trump was that he didn't know any of that stuff. It's politically salient to be as hardline on immigration as you yeah. can because Merle in Kentucky, he's not, he, he doesn't know that history. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? And so he just wants these people out. Bad hombres, right? Yeah. But we never really look at what our obligation is to the people, to the good people, because you, I mean, we you saw in the video itself. Most of them are girls, yeah. really wives, and you know, children. Like, what is our obligation, knowing our history, and like what we contributed to the destabilization? In Have you thought about that question? Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the rest of the hour at hellstavernrgv.com by becoming a member. The rest of the hour, we cover um, local corruption. We cover local candidates as far as Republicans go. And we uh, cover the uh, rest of the whole uh, Guatemalan CIA involvement situation and just a lot more stuff that we that we get into. It's very interesting, and uh, I hope to see you there. So we'll see you next time.